Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back in here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Today, we're going to be going through various prop bets for the 2022 NFL Draft. Those props provided to us by Bet Online. Jody Leone here with Ryan Roberts. It's officially draft week. You're going to be hearing us on Monday for this conversation. Ryan, we finally made it. We've made it this far. And what better way to have some fun with getting ready for what's going to go down on Thursday by talking a little bit of betting? Well, I mean, it's a lot of fun, man. I mean, me and you did pretty well last year on some uh, on some <laughs> prop bets, man. So I was funny. I was actually thinking about that yet today, actually, talking to a buddy. And I want to set them probably tomorrow. I, I'm a little late this year, man, because the lines are already moving, obviously, that we know. But we have, to, we have to link up. We have to talk a little money situations, you know. Well, we've got plenty of opportunities for everybody out there to make some money. And if you want to go do any of these bets... There are more prop bets out there available to you than the ones that we're going to go through today, but we have a ton of them that we're going to end up reading through, debating on which side we are going to be standing, and make sure you head to Bet Online if you're going to be doing that betting. Speaking of which, today's partner, Bet Online, has these props. They also have props and bets for the entire NBA playoffs, the MLB, which is in full swing right now, and then hockey. Any MMA fights that are going down, if you like to bet and you're looking for a new place to do your wagering, make sure you head to Bet Online. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Ryan. First one that I wanted to start with, let's, let's start by breaking down offensive and defensive players, the total amount to go in the first round. Defensively, BetOnline has, for the first round, 15 and a half defensive prospects. Mm-hmm. So kicking it to you first, over, under, where do you sit on that? So I, I did a mock draft last week or the week before. I can't remember when it came out. I had I looked at it before this show. I had 17 defensive players going in the first round. So it was pretty split. I... <laughs> It's so difficult, man. It's so difficult because there's always those guys that you're just like not 100% sure going to be first round picks, you know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, though. I'm going to ultimately go over. I, I think that we're going to get a run on edge, obviously, right? Like we've talked about a, a ton. I think we're going to see mul- uh, at least four corners, I think, go in the first round. I think there's going to be a few safeties as well. I think that the, the question is going to be is how many linebackers in the first mm-hmm. round. If it's over one. I think it definitely hits this over 15 and a half. So I'll go over and I, I'll say, yeah, I'll say I'll say 17 defensive players is my official pick, but all I have to hit is 16, obviously. 
Yeah, I'm in the same boat here with you on this one. And just from the simple premise that we've been talking about through the entirety of this draft process is that this is a defensive heavy class. And there's that possibility maybe some of the offensive guys get pushed up a little bit. They end up getting drafted a little bit earlier than they should because there is uh, some, you know, a lack of depth at, at various positions. There's a possibility that the quarterback group gets thrust into the first round and we have a weird run of, of more than three guys, which we've got a prop for that we're going to get to. But I, I think 15 and a half just sounds so low with all the potential edge guys. Like off the top of my head, like there's a possibility we have like seven, eight edge players that go in the first round and then four to five corners that's already putting us at 13 like that's already right. putting us possibly in a really really close situation to that 15 and a half yeah for for only two positions like you just said right we, we're going to talk safety over under at some point but i i think that i think that there's gonna be more safeties taken in the first round than people kind of un, under rest uh kind of think right now so i, I guess i'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag when we get to the safety over under a little bit. But yeah, I, I kind of have, I, I think we're on similar wavelengths here. I mean, there's that, that edge position is just one where there's just so many guys, man. Cause like people keep talking about, obviously about Aiden Hutchinson. They talk about the top guys, right? They talk about Aiden Hutchinson. They'll talk about Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. They'll talk about Kayvon Thibodeau, but there's other guys that are going to be selected in that first run. I mean, we got a couple down the list again, not to spoil too much, but we have like Arnold Abiquetti that might speak in boy Mafe. There's a lot of guys I think that could crash the first round conversation. So yeah, I, I think, I think over for the defense, I would say so. Yeah. Talking offensive prospects, Ryan, it has the, uh, the amount for offensive players going in the first round at 16 and a half. That one for me is way too high. That just sounds way too high for offensive players. You think about the possibility that we have six offensive linemen total with the four that have been projected in the first round, plus maybe a couple of these interior guys, four to five receivers. We're basically banking on it being quarterbacks that, that fills the remaining bit there because we're not going to get a tight end in the first round. We're not going to get a running back in the first round. I just think that 16 and a half number is way too high for this 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 draft class. I mean, it's why we did this back-to-back, -back, right? Like, it's process of elimination. If I'm telling you that I think it's going to be 17 defensive players, naturally that says that there's only going to be 15 offensive players. So I agree with you. I, I think that the quarterback conversation is going to be the interesting one, and we got you covered for that later in the show. But it, is there going to be a running back in the first round? Probably not. Maybe, but, like, most likely not. Is there going to be a tight end? No, there probably is not. The question is going to be how many offensive linemen and how many quarterbacks that's going to be the real sticking point to this conversation but naturally based upon the fact that i already took the over <laughs> for the defense <laughs> i'm taking the under for the for the offense you hit on the offensive line and that rounds into our specific uh, position group guys first over under set at seven for the first round by bet online right now um that I, i'm leaning under on that one because like of what i just said we're, we're talking about evan neal Ika McQuanu, Charles Cross, sounds like they're guaranteed to go pretty early in the first round. Then we have that potential for Trevor Penning to be a first-round selection. Yep. We've got that possibility that maybe Bernard Raymond, Tyler Smith, some of these other guys sneak their way at the end of the first round. But into the equation there now, Kenyon mm -hmm. Green, Tyler Linderbaum. I don't know who else slots in there are we just banking on that there's reaches at, at tackle to get that seven number 
I hate the even numbers too on these overunders, man. It's such cowardice stuff. All, all due respect <laughs> to bet online, but all right. Well, let's let's do it real quick. I mean, you met, you mentioned the guys real quick, so I'm going to go through the numbers in my head real quick because I have a short attention span. So you mentioned Evan Neal, Ikemekwanu, Locks, Charles Cross, Lock, Trevor Penning's probably going in the first round. That's four. Tyler Linderbaum, I think, is probably going in the first round, even though I don't think he's a lock like people act like he is. But I'll I'll say he's five. Kenyon Green, I think, is a lock. If, I mean, that's six right there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned Zion Johnson might be seven. Oh, man, I might go push uh, here, Joe. I might go push. I might go push because I, yeah. I don't. I honestly do not think that we're going to see a second center, obviously. But I don't think that we're going to see Bernard Raymond in the first round. I know people keep talking about it. I'm just not buying it. I went back to the film just to see if I, there's something I'm missing. I don't think I'm missing anything, man. Like, I really don't. So I'm going to say seven, and I'm going to say a push on this one. So if people out there are willing, are wanting to bet this one, I would say stay clear of it, personally. That's just me, though. Ryan, our next offensive prop bet, and here comes the uh, the tricky one here. here here's the, the one that I know that you're going to absolutely love to discuss. Total mm-hmm. number of quarterbacks to be selected in round one yeah. is slotted at three and a half. I'm leaning towards the under, but what scares the crap out of me for the quarterbacks is do we end up in a situation where one guy gets taken way too early and then there's just a run on them because everyone freaks out? I'm going over. I'm going over. Yeah, I, I think I think you're yes. Really? You're going your over. Point. Yes, I'm going over. Look, I mean, Malik Willis is going in the first round. Kenny Pickett is going in the first round. Desmond Ritter's going in the first round. I know, I know we keep talking about that one, but like I am like 98% sure that that's going to happen. So that's three right there. You only need one more. Matt Corral is kind of the wild card here. Does Matt Corral go in the first round? Very possible. The Sam Howell go in the first round. I think that's also semi-possible, not as likely as Matt Corral. So I'm saying there's five guys that are possible in this draft. All I need is four. I'm going to say that four in a quarterback needy league where we've seen teams countless times year after year panic for quarterbacks. I'm saying it's over. Yes. I'm kind of banking on the draft situation that the defensive players are appropriately evaluated and valued where they're supposed to go and that there's maybe one quarterback at the tail end of the top 10. And let's say it's Malik Willis. Let's say somebody trades in to go get Malik Willis. I think Mm -hmm. if that happens, there's still a good chunk of teams after uh, you know the Steelers that are in the teens that could draft Kenny Pickett. the The wild card or the, what would put it at three is what you're saying, and it sounds like Desmond Ritter is likely going to be selected somewhere in the first round. So for me, what is going to make this the under is that a, a team trades back in, or one of these teams with an established quarterback room drafts Desmond Ritter, thinking that he's their developmental project for the future who just ends up being their backup but that's to me i think i i I agree that your situation is highly realistic but the reason why i'm leaning towards the under is assuming and hoping that we don't have desmond ritter going in the top 20 if that happens then i think all bets are off well i i think We'll know very quickly in the top 10 picks. We'll know very quickly. If Carolina takes a quarterback and let's say the Seattle Seahawks take a quarterback and we have two guys definite in the top 10, then I think it 
very high possibility it happens because I mean we don't. I mean we're not even talking about Atlanta too much, right? Like Atlanta at eight could be another quarterback needy team if Detroit trades back from pick number two. So I just think that teams are just going to panic, man. Like I just always defer to I that because I absolutely hate that because I agree with you. But like we're in a universe now where Malik Wills is probably getting drafted before Kyle Hamilton. Like <laughs> it's 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 ass backwards, but like uh, it is the world we live in right now. Like it's it's a quarterback driven league. It's just it's just how it works. But see, that's the, the thing is for me, though, is that like we think that for sure, if Ritter goes in the first round, he's going to be a top 20 pick. I know that we don't I think mean, he deserves see, to go in the top 20, but do we think that it's realistically possible that he's a top 20 pick? I'd say more than likely that he's in the 20s, maybe not top 20. I mean, Steelers at 20, though, if Malik Willis and Kenny Picker both off, both off the board and they're sitting there at 20, I think it's think possible. They would, take, they would take Ritter. He fits their prototype. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I mean, yeah. With what they valued specifically. I mean, like they like the big athletic types. I mean, everyone just thinks about big Ben, but like, think about the players that they've gotten around them. Right. Like, I mean, around him just as in backup roles and hopefully being the next guy, like they just got Mitch Trubisky. He kind of fits that profile. Josh Dobbs was a guy that they kicked the tires on for a little bit. Dwayne Haskins was, was a guy, even though he's not the best athlete, like he's a bigger guy that they've had there. So yeah, I, I think, I think that Pittsburgh's a very possible quarterback needy team. And I mean, they just, unless they're very sold that like Mitchell Trubisky might have a Renaissance, I guess, but now, nah, yeah, I, I, I think it's three for sure. That's why it's a tough over under. I mean, I, again, I just keep going back though, man. I think Matt Corral's like the guy that everyone's not talking about, but like, he hasn't hurt himself this draft process, you know, right. like he, he might be the guy that sneaks in there. And, and I would not, again, put this out in the universe. I'm going to keep saying it. I would not be shocked if someone in the late trades back to the late thirties or not the late thirties to the early thirties and draft Sam Howell. I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked. So I think that the, I think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks. And I mean, Joe, there was once a draft where EJ Manuel was the 15th overall pick. There was yeah. once a draft where Christian Ponder was the 12th pick. There was once a draft where Jake Locker was the 8th pick. It happens every year, man. Uh, every single year. Hopefully that doesn't happen this year. I'm just I'm praying that there's like a little bit of awareness. But you're, op- you're optimistic. Not. You're not optimistic. I'm, I'm way too optimistic. Yeah. Um last offensive prop that we have is for the receivers over under set at 6. I'm still I'm leaning the under on this one too because if we, if we think about the 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 track of guys probably not going to get anybody to go until around 10 like maybe a little bit earlier than 10 say it's it goes Drake London in no particular order Drake London Garrett Wilson Traylon Burks um Jamison Williams that gets us to 4 that means in the remaining 20 picks mm-hmm. with all of those guys available we would need to get Chris Olave Jahan Dotson uh, George Pickens, any of those guys to fall in line after them. I, I just right. feel like I'd, like if it was five, I think mm-hmm. I'd take the over, but the like six to me is just a little too high. Yeah, man. Again, I hate these even picks, man. Like I mm. hate them. I, I don't think I would touch this one either, but I, right. I would also go under, I think, because like you said, Drake London, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wil- Wilson, like those mm-hmm. three guys I think are pretty locked in. After that, I'm not sold that Traylon Burks is going to go in the first round. I would draft him in the first round, but I'm just not sold based on everything that I'm hearing. I'm also not sold that Chris Olave is definitely going to be a first round pick. I think that he has a chance to, 
And then George Pickens is is the kind of the wild card out of Georgia. So I think if anything, again, it's a push. We're looking right at six. But if I had to pick over or under for this one, I would go under just because I think there's more uncertainty after the top three that maybe people are talking about. Talking on some of the defensive position groups, the line for corners to go in round one is set at four and a half. This one I, I like the over for us to get get to five because assuming Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, Andrew Booth, keep hearing a lot of good things about Trent McDuffie. Seems like there's a lot of buzz for him to go in the first round. Right. That last remaining piece for it to go over is if it's Kyrie Elam. I mean, heck, there was at one point some hype for Roger McCreary to go in the first round. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. But I, I, you know, I feel like getting to five isn't going to be too difficult with the uh, with the talent that we have at the corner position and the possibility we could have two guys go in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now. I would say also over here, and I would say this one's a little more unsettling than a couple of these that we're going to talk about because I, there's some positions that we're going to talk about where like there's a couple more extra guys that I'm like, man, that's a possibility. I think that there's six at most that can go in the first round. Sauce Gardner is a certainty out of Cincinnati. Kyir Elam, I think, out of Florida is going to sneak into the back half of the first round. Andrew Boo Jr., I think, is going to sneak into the first round out of Clemson. Trent McDuffie, like you said, Joe, NFL loves Trent McDuffie. And there are some teams that are going to be a little bit scared of that arm length, but the kick and play corner, man. And he's coming from a system, Jimmy Lake. I mean, obviously, he's out as the head coach at Washington, but as good a developmental uh, developer of cornerback as basically anybody in the country. So I think mean, that's four right there. Derek Stingley in absolutes. I think that he may go top 10. So I'm out of LSU. So that's five right there. And then Kyler Gordon, I think is the last guy that has a possibility out of Washington. So I will say over, but it's one that you have to think about. I think a little bit hard on this one. This one shouldn't take too much thinking. Total amount of safeties to go in round one is set at one and a half. So we, we already get Kyle Hamilton done there. Lock. Guaranteed to have yeah. it in the first round. But then we've got Daxton Hill. We've got Jaquan Brisker. We've got Lewis Seen. Like there's all those guys have been talked about as first round picks. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we have like three guys, three, four guys that, that go in the, the end of the, the first round. So one and a half, man. I, I don't think the odds were great. I don't think it was like a huge payout, but I mean, heck, I would take that if you're trying to, to, to get a little bit of change. I, I think I'm so glad that you feel the same way on that one, Joe, because this was the one where I looked at and I'm like, that's one that I'm placing a bet on. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Like over, over at Kyle Hamilton, although everyone keeps knocking him down the boards, is going to go top 11 to 12. Like, that's, I mean, it's a certainty, right? So that's one. You only need one more. And I think Lewis seen, obviously, what he did at the combine. Everybody's going to look at him and he's going to pencil him in. If not, it's going to be Daxton Hill. I mean, yes, yes. I think that it's, I think at least three go in the first round. So smash that one and a half, smash the over on that one. That one is, that one's the easiest one, I think, on our list. I really think that's the easiest one. Right. That one, that one 100% is is the one that, like, if you're going to bet on the NFL draft, I would be betting in that on that one specifically because, again, one and a half is just, it's just so, it's just so low with all the talent that there is. There's, a lot, and I understand that we've got really good players at like you know the corner position uh, and edge, and there's going to be a lot of priorities on those guys. But I mean, heck, one and a half is just so freaking low without taking into consideration uh, you know the possibilities for some of these other guys. Ryan, I want to before we transition to the remaining ones, I want to just hit on with one of our first 
conference player ones and total amount of SEC players drafted. It is set at 10 and a half. Okay. Am, am I crazy in saying that every year you should just always take the over? I, I, no, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I'm just kind of going through it in my head. Ten and a half. So there's two corners of Derek Stingley, Kyrie Elam. Lewis Seen's a possibility out of Georgia, obviously, right? Um, we have Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker is a certainty. The two defensive tackles from Georgia are more than likely. Charles Cross. Charles Evan Cross Neal. and Evan Neal. How many Evan are we at right there? Kenyon Green, possibly, yeah. Jamison Williams at wide receiver. Traylon Burks, possibly. George Pickens, possibly. Yeah. How many are we at? I mean, that's got to be more. That's than- that's way over ten. It's yeah. Just, so, it's, yeah. it's silly to even say that that ten is is like a low number. But it, oh, that was a bad voice crack. But ten and a half. A very is, bad voice crack. Yeah, I have to cut that out. Uh, but ten and a half. Yes, certainly that one. I think that one's pretty low. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always like it's I mean, let, let me let me just say this on the consulting side of like the business. Every agent wants to represent SEC players. You know why? Because they go early. <laughs> that's just that's just the, the certainty. Even if they're life, bad, man. even like, if they're bad, they're still going to yeah. get drafted early. If you're if you're a defensive lineman or offensive lineman that has starting experience coming out of the SEC, you're probably going to get drafted and you're probably going to get drafted pretty high, depending on the, the quality of play, obviously. But yes, I would say that that one, I would almost always bet the over unless it was an absurd type of number. Ten and a half seems relatively mild to me. So yeah, I, I would take the over on that one, I think. All right, Ryan, the next conference amount of players selected one that I thought was really interesting was Big Ten players drafted at six and a half. This one, I'm also going to probably go with the over here. So let's let's map it out here for yep. our listeners. Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. clear cut, going to you know going to go in, in in the top there. Tyler sure. Linderbaum is is somebody who comes into the equation. Um, Jahan Dotson, somebody that we can bring into the conversation. Garrett Wilson is yep. likely going to be a first round pick. Chris Olave, maybe. Yeah, Chris Olave, maybe. Who am I already missing? Um, I mean, I mean, I would have said David Ajabo was a certainty out of out of Michigan. I mean, I still wouldn't discount it because he's got the talent. George Karloff, this is another one, defensive end. Maybe an Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State. Maybe a Boy Mafe out of Minnesota. Maybe a Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State at the safety position. I mean, how many is that? Are, are we there? Hill. Yeah, we're over six Jackson and a half. Hill. Yeah. You might need a little bit of help to get that one, but I think six and a half is is still pretty low. I, I think that one's a pretty easy one, actually. Like now that I'm really? looking at it, like yeah, I think there's five that are like slam dunk, and then you just need to just get two left, right? So yeah, yeah. No, that's another one that I feel six and a half seems low. That seems like a low. I number. know. Seems like a low number. The the last one that's super low before we we talk about these player draft position over unders. ACC is only set at four and a half. Four and a half. So for for that one to happen, we we all we need is Kenny Pickett, Andrew Booth, Jermaine Johnson, which all is possible. Yeah, which is yeah. all possible. And I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of two two more guys that we could get that are likely the ACC. or that are long shots. Because I mean, Ikemakwano, that's a guarantee. So that yes. puts us at four. So we just need one more player. Who else? Who are we missing here? Oh, man. I mean, I guess that's why the over/under is four and a half, right? Because <laughs> we're stuck at four for a second. Um, does does uh, Kyle Hamilton doesn't count? No, he does not count. He don't you ever disrespect the University of Notre Dame <laughs> like that again? Um, 
Dude, it might be four. That might be the number. I mean, Sam Howell, if you want to try to push it. Then oh, he's wait, wait, first. wait. Here, okay, wait. We're, I found the last person that we were missing. The reason why I thought that it made more sense than it did. Yeah. Uh, Zion Johnson. Oh, Zion, Zion. Okay. Z- okay. Zion Johnson's okay. going to probably push that over the edge. I, I probably would not touch that one still, though, because I feel really? like I don't know. Maybe. I don't All know. Right. All right. Let's talk about some of these specific players, though. Uh, yep. I, I decided to do a couple deep pulls on a couple of these guys. The first one being Arnold Ebiketti over under 32 and a half. I feel like Ebiketti was not really brought into first round discussions for the longest time. And then you kind of just hear these like murmurs that maybe he goes in the end of the first round. Right. I, I don't see it. I don't feel like it's entirely that likely for him to go at that 32 and a half. It basically means is he a first round pick? What is your evaluation there? I like Arnold Ebiketti. I put on Twitter a couple months ago that I think he's what people tried to make Quincy Roche last year out of Miami. That was a Temple transfer. I, I like Ebiketti a ton. He's got 34-inch arms. I think he's a little more explosive and bendy than people give him credit for, and I think he's got a pretty good toolbox as far as a rusher. That, but I would take the over here because he's a little undersized. He's only six foot two and, and a half, somewhere in that ballpark, and he's not like an insane tester. He's a good tester. And the production has just been kind of modest, right? Like he had some good production this past year at Penn State to a degree, but it hasn't been to the to the highest level. So I think that someone's going to get a ready-made pass rusher on day one, somewhere on in the early second round conversation. But I'm taking the over on Arnold Epichetti. I don't think that this is the profile that typically goes in the first round. I'm just not buying it. Another guy that kind of fits that similar description. It's another Big Ten player that has been kind of thrown into the first round conversation at the end of the first round could be a surprise pick at the end of the first round. Boy Mafe has been mocked um, in, you know, in those lines and his over under is set by bet online at 30 and a half. Mm-hmm. Is it the same line of thinking as with Ebiketti? No, not near. I mean, they're not, they're way different players. I, I mean, first and foremost, Mafe is a little bit of a bigger body type and he's a more, he's just a better athlete overall, but he's not nearly a finished product. Ebiketti's got better hands. He's got better pass rush plan. Everything is just more nuanced than a guy like Boy Mafe. He's a little raw, but I'm going under here, Joe. I am because I think that you think that he could go before 30 before. Th- yeah. Well, before 31, he would have to go right. So like 30 okay. or, or lower. Yes. Yeah, I do. Because I think, I mean, he ran four, five, seven at 260 pounds and he's a really good athlete. And so I, I think that this is the type of edge that goes earlier than people think because he's got the traits. People are always going to bank at traits on that position. So yeah, I, I think that green Bay could be a team. I think they're like 29 or 30. That makes a lot of sense. I think there's a few teams. I mean, when you get starting the twenties there, you're going to start gambling at traits at edge because edge is such a, just important position. And I think that now, especially with David Ajabo being down with the torn Achilles, he's going to potentially slide out of the first round. There's going to have to be somebody else that's going to slide up. It's just naturally going to happen. So I think that it could be boy Mafe. I think that, that I think there's a decent chance that that happens just because of the traits that he has as, a, as an athlete. I, I hate the next one. How, how likely it is Desmond Ritter over under 29 and a half. Now the odds are for him to go under, Mm-hmm. To be him to be like a mid round first round pick is only minus one fifteen. Him to go over is only minus one twenty five. So you're probably not getting a big payout either way. It's not really a great bet, but I think just from like the 
the the NFL draft discussion sphere. Like, is this a guy that if he gets drafted in the first round, he's getting drafted higher than the 29th? What, what do you think I'm going to say? Predict yes. 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 The answer is the yes. The answer is yes, Joe. My it's, head hurts, Ryan. My I head understand. Hurts. I understand, man. But like, I, again, I think Pittsburgh, if Malik Wills and Kenny Pickett are not on the board of 20, I think that's the guy. I think that's their guy. I know it. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think Desmond Ritter is going to go higher than people think. Like I just do. I mean, because the NFL's stupid. Like, let's just, oh, well, that's me. The NFL is misguided in decision making <laughs> at times, right? That's a like, really bold, bold statement to, to just come out and say. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. They're misguided with quarterback evaluation sometimes, man. He's a four year starter. He's six, three plus. He ran four, five something at, at the combine. He's got a good arm. Like, everything just kind of checks the boxes. So, like, a team is going to look at him and say, like, oh, that's a clean prospect. He's got a high floor, even though I don't actually agree with that. But I think that. Yes, I think Desmond Ritter is going to go in the twenties somewhere below. Hit the hit the under on twenty nine and a half. I think so. I hate that I'm going to dis- agree with you on that. I, I can't. I sadly <laughs> can't disagree with you because there is some truth to the matter that a lot of people agree that Desmond Ritter is just not a, a good enough quarterback to really earn that first round grade. But he's going to get drafted there because some team is going to think uh, maybe he works out. Maybe we can turn him into something. But mm-hmm. he's he's just probably not going to because his ceiling is just far lower than what you want from a developmental guy like that. Desmond Ritter is a late day two quarterback, but he checks his boxes and it's a bad quarterback class. So he's going to go early. He's going to go in the first round. Like it's just, I, I I honestly am at the point now where I would be surprised if Desmond Ritter doesn't go in the first round. Like I would be shocked almost. <laughs> like like it's to that point. I mean, again, teams love. Their criteria for picking the quarterback position, and he hits all those boxes. As dumb as it is to say, because you watch his game and you're just seeing him airmail five yard outs, and you're like, he's not very good. Yeah. But the NFL makes those mistakes all the time. So, Ryan, these next three that I have in front of me, I really like these ones. Like I brought these ones up that they're less of a discussion point and more because the line is 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 set up for a high likelihood that it, that it. It, it works out and that we end up hitting these bets. Derek Stingley, and I actually placed a bet on one of these. So first one, Derek Stingley, LSU corner, over under nine and a half. Under nine you, and a half, I feel like that one's pretty, that's that's not a reach to say, right? You bet, without, of, you bet without me, man? You, you place oh, bets I have without a, me? I have a bet online account. I've been betting on the <laughs> NBA playoffs and losing money left and right. <laughs> I hit a couple parlays, though. I, I got nice. really excited. Yeah, I, I, I told Sean this. I, I put $25 in, I ran through all of my money, and then I had two parlays, and both those parlays hit. So I went from $0.38 to $55 in my account. So then I've just been rampantly betting. You put that on Twitter, didn't you? I feel like I saw that story on Twitter. Uh, I posted the screenshot of the conversation that Sean gotcha. and I had. I, I, knew, I, knew I, I knew I saw that somewhere. Yes. Derek <sighs> Stingley, though. It's a tough... Half. It's a tough one for me, Joe. It's a tough one, man. Like I could see the Seahawks take him at nine. I could even see Atlanta taking him at eight. But then I could also see him going at twelve to Minnesota, or eleven to Washington. Like I could see it, man. It's this is a this is one of those in the category. There's a lot of bets on here that I really do like potentially to make. This is one I probably would not touch. I am really? going to go. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to okay. go over. I think people are going to. They're going to get scared of the injury, the durability concerns. I think they're going to, even though he's an explosive football player in a vacuum, top 10 talents easily in this class when healthy, but 
the big, the best ability is availability. So I'm going to say that you go over here just barely. Like he's going to go 11 or 12 out of this 10 and a half. But I just think that some teams are going to be a little scared of him. Just a little okay. bit. All right. Well, I like this one a little bit better. Uh, I think there's a higher likelihood of this one coming to fruition. This is the one that I actually bet on. Just trying to pull up the odds. So Kyle Hamilton was listed at over under 11 and a half. And I, I took the under on this one. I know that it's not a guarantee that the under at 11 and a half actually is decent odds. It's plus 100. So I, you know, I, I didn't put a lot of money on it. So you get your money back with whatever you put in. That's pretty good. Pretty good odds for, for Kyle Hamilton. I, it seems like for some reason there's this possibility that he slides out. And, and to me that him not going in the top 10, it's, it feels like a smokescreen. It feels like somebody's trying to to bait people into not overvaluing him. But Kyle Hamilton's really good. I I think the floor is eleven to Washington, so I'm going under here. I'm right. going under. I, I I I truly do believe that the the floor is ten. But I've talked to some other people that obviously have great intel and and great great connections to the NFL who say that they think it's eleven is the floor. So whether the floor is ten or eleven. I think Kyle Hamilton is going under here. Like, I it, does he get to twelve in Minnesota? Man, does the potentially the best player in the no draft way. get to twelve? I just can't buy that. Be, just because can't. If, if you look at the whole, let, let's look at, from pick three all the way till ten. Texans could use a safety if they're not overthinking it. They're going to draft him there. You mm-hmm. Go to four. The Jets maybe not really a fit. That one might not make a ton of sense. Might be a little bit harder to sell or sell. Well, I mean, they, they could still they could still use the position. They can though. still like, right. I mean, they can still use it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like every time I've talked to a Jets pundit, though, they hate Kyle Hamilton for some whatever reason. Well, it's because it's because Jamal Jamal Adams scarred them. For yes, life, you know? they scarred him for life. That's true. Even though they're completely different players, but that's a right. different conversation for a different day. Number five and also pick seven for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Both of those are in play for Kyle Hamilton if he's available. Number yep. six, I think that that one's probably the least likely because they already have Jeremy Chin. I think two similar style safeties. Right. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Eight Atlanta is where like we start getting into spicy territory. We're like, okay, why the hell would he slide any further? And he's from Georgia. And he's from and Georgia. He's from, and he's from Georgia. Right. Uh, nine iffy for for the uh, the Seahawks because they, they, they do might, stupid they stuff. They might like him though, man. Like right. that's why I think it's possible because yeah. they like to do stupid stuff. He, like they that. they were they were one of the teams that were at the Notre Dame Pro Day. I'm just putting that out in the universe. Like they they were pretty well represented at the Notre Dame Pro Day. So. Right, so it's it sounds it sounds pretty likely because Washington also could add another you know defensive player. The the last one that I wanted to I wanted to hit on that I like to to wrap us up here, George Karloftis at twenty and a half over under for his draft position. If you take the under, you get it at plus one fifteen. That's pretty good. Him to go under twenty and a half because if there's that early run on edge rushers. There's some teams in there in the in for in the in the teens that need edge rushers. The Eagles, the Vikings, like that's that's a pretty good uh, likelihood that that happens. Yeah, I I I would think I would just go I would go under because again I think David Ajabo getting injured is going to push people push some edges up the board. Mm-hmm. So I think twenty and a half is reasonable for where people kind of projected Karloftis for the longest time. But I I think that you nailed one team, Joe. Joe. I think. The Philadelphia Eagles are the team. They have picks 15 and 18. I think it makes a lot of sense. They are desperate for edge rushers. I mean, they have Hassan Reddick, who, like, he's a kind of versatile edge linebacker type, right? Like, he's not a true hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. 
They brought down back Derek Barnett on a two-year deal, who's not very good. Brandon Graham's coming back from a torn Achilles at the age of 34. Josh Sweat is promising, but like very inconsistent. So I think Karloftis is going to go under 20 and a half, but it's not one that I feel great about just because I think that's, for whatever reason, man, some people just underrate George Karloftis. I don't agree with it, but I, I think it's the world we live in, but I would take the under in this situation. Well, that's going to be it for our prop bets, folks. If you want to make a bet, make sure you go to Bet Online and tap into all their fantastic prop bets. There's many more than the ones that we discussed on today's show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.